Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome in for the Ball with the Beast podcast. Another great week presented by our great friends at Wyatt Insurance Services. Paul, Tennessee, uh, big win last week. Uh, it was not pretty. Uh, Hover, you, you know we were there. But Tennessee gets it down 20 to 13 over Texas A&M. It, it was enough. It was good enough. And in this conference, that's absolutely what counts. I mean, I, I don't know if I'm using this term correctly, and Hubbard, maybe you can correct me here, but that felt like a, a program win in terms of you're, you're not supposed to, but you know, you played ugly. Your, your quarterback didn't play. Well, your whole passing game didn't play well. It wasn't just Joe Milton, but your whole passing game didn't play well. Um, but Jalen Wright, uh, the offensive line, uh, helped you do enough to win. You overcame the the penalties, which I think is a big issue moving forward. Um, but you did enough to win. And that, at the end of the day, that's all that counts in this league. It doesn't matter what they look like. It doesn't matter what, what your stats were or, or what, what the box score says. Is you won against a team that I know you are what your record says. That's a really talented Texas A&M team. Uh, so, you know, I think that's a really good win for this program. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's about learning to find a way. You know, yeah. you got to figure out how to win games. Now, can you do that every week in this league? No. I mean, everybody knows that. But on a day when you're not at your best, how do you how do you figure out a way to win the football game? And they figured out a way on special teams. They figured out a way with their defense. The crowd helped them, yeah. uh, and and they and they won one. Which, you know. I won't call it a program defining win, but I think it was a step in the evolution of the program That's right. because you're not going to win every game 45 to 40, right? You're, you're not going to put 40 points up every night on the board. So could you win one that was kind of ugly? I mean, think about this, Paul. It's Josh Heupel's first win when he's ever scored less than 30 points in a football game. First wow. Even at UCF? Game. Yeah, first time ever as a head coach, he's won a game scored that's less a, than 30 points. Hey, that's a big milestone. In this league, you have to be able to pull out one or two of those a year that are ugly and just something's off that day because the other team's just as talented. I mean, I look back to, you know, the the, the days when I was around it a little bit more, and these were the games they lost. And that's what made it so frustrating was it, it was neck and neck talent-wise, it felt like, but you just couldn't get over the hump. And then that's what it felt like is this game is it, it, it was not just a typical, like you said, Brent, oh, the, everything was clicking and they made enough plays and won the game. This was – you got out of there alive, but that's okay. You got to get some of those every year. You got to get one or two of those every year, and that's okay. Well, to put it in golf terms, they got it around and and, and and played pretty well when they didn't, you know, find the fairway very much. I mean, it was it was a struggle bus on offense, especially in the passing game. And, you know, Tennessee, you know, able to find a way – through that offensive line, through scheme, through Jalen Wright being just a man possessed. Jabari Small adds a nice piece or two. And then who can forget D. Williams' punt return, right? I mean, oh. you know, the general would be very happy, you know, winning uh, as a maximum six hover. I mean, you know, I mean, press the kicking game. I mean, downing the punt, too, man. Getting down there and downing yep. the punt. Yep. Jackson Ross was fantastic on that. And of course, D. Williams stops it at the six inch line. And, and of course, Kamal had, I thought Hubs brought one of the best points. The, the Kamal Haddon play on third down 
he brought this up in the postgame pod. The Kamal Haddon play on third down where he knocked it away and kept them. They weren't going to get a first down, but they were going to gain six or seven yards there and get out from the shadow, right, of the goal line and give the punter a normal depth. Instead, it was forced to kick that line drive. Next thing you know, threes in the end zone. Tennessee had to lead for the first time in the game, and the whole place come to life. Yeah. Now, it, uh, that that whole sequence of events, that – I mean that that flipped everything. That that totally flipped everything. Austin, you're right. You felt Nealon come alive. The crowd came alive. Even with a, a slow offensive day, it gave people something to to cheer about. And, and uh, I know. I think AP, you said you teased a little bit. Maybe we'll see D. Williams get the ball in his hands. I mean, how do you not just try and throw a couple screens to the guy? I mean, you know what? Uh, I, I listened to some of it on the radio, and Jason Swain's call of throwing the 12th man at A&M under the bus is classic. If you, uh, Hubber, I know you heard it in person, uh, but AP, if you've not heard that, it was awesome. I mean, he just threw that 12th man under the bus and went reverse on it. I mean, because D. I mean, he just juked that kid out of his cleats. It was awesome. Yeah, and you know, last thing before we move on to talk around the league, Hubber, you know, we talked about this on our podcast uh, earlier on Thursday. Tennessee has moved the ball slower at times on offense this fall. With them moving it slower and not being so pressed on the tempo, does that give them a spot to throw a D. Williams in? Just because they're not, they're not just going boom, 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 boom. Mm. It, it, it feels like they're a little, you know, check with me type stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, potentially. I, I mean, here's the other thing. I mean, they're – there are plays they run where one side of the line of scrimmage, the receiver never even comes off the ball, right? He just stands there when they're going fast. I mean, I don't think D. Williams can play 20 plays in this offense. Yeah. Uh, but but listen, you know, if you're going to sub and and you're going to get into certain things, then I, I think you can potentially put him out there for for a play or two. I mean, the, the thing, you know, because of this run game, Paul, you don't – you're not just relying on speed and tempo for your offensive success – which to Austin's point may give you the ability to to sub a little bit more than you're used to. Now they still want to play with tempo, but I think there's times and place for that. We'll just see. You know, I, I I mean, I don't know. They put they put him on the field at bat in Baton Rouge for his first ever touch, so maybe they will put him on the field in Tuscaloosa for on offense for the first time. I don't know, but he sure is dynamic with the ball in his hands. All right, let's get around the league. It is uh, not quite the same as. Hugh Freeze, Paul's old buddy, making his return to Oxford. But it is Auburn hosting Ole Miss. And so, to me, this is a this is kind of a trap game a little bit for Ole Miss. Auburn's going to get one of these games. they still got talent. They've been close a couple of times. They were close with Georgia. Is sad. I'm not actually going to predict, but for is this one of those games where you think that this is going to be really tight? I, I do. Um, you know, I, I think I agree with you, AP, that – somewhere Auburn's going to pop up and win one. Is it going to be this week? I mean, you look at who they've played, you know, they've, they've played A&M now, they've played LSU, um, and now they kind of not – after Ole Miss, it goes down to you play Arkansas, Vanderbilt. And so I'm, I'm wondering a little bit, is it, are we one week premature on on them kind of starting to, to pile up a couple wins? Um, because they just don't have any consistency on offense. Uh, Peyton Thorne, you know, the Michigan State quarterback, he's been fine. Uh, but he hasn't won them a, a, a football game. They, they've tried to mix in the Ashford kid who was a quarterback last year and have had uh, mediocre success with that. Um, you know, they, they don't have big play receivers. That, that, that's where, again, you know, we saw what happened to them against LSU. LSU just outscored them, right? 
Um, and I, I wonder, I don't think Ole Miss's offense obviously is as explosive as LSU's, but I think that's going to be the, the struggle for Auburn. Can they contain, um, can they contain Ole Miss? Now it's at home. You're going to have a great crowd. So they're maybe that'll They're striping out, Paul. They're striping out. They're striping out. Oh, the big stuff. Hey, it worked checkered kneeling last week. It, it can work. Remember, uh, that. Remember this. Auburn at night is different, different. than Auburn in the day. That's it's true. Not, it's not LSU difference. Don't get me wrong. But it's different. Auburn at night is a different, is a different, more hostile venue than, than Auburn. I mean, they're not a coach interested in playing a night game at Auburn on the road. So um, advantage Auburn with that crowd because they are different at night than they are in, in home games. More outside of LSU, probably more than anybody else in the league is. Yeah. It's very different. And and I'll say too, and I know you know everybody's got their own take on Hugh, but. He's, I mean, he pops up and wins games he, he shouldn't win. I mean, you look at his career. That's what I mean. At Liberty, he won games he shouldn't have won. At, at, at Ole Miss, he beat Alabama twice. He, he won games he shouldn't have won. Is this one of those examples? And on the flip side of that, Ole Miss under Hugh Freeze, or not Hugh Freeze, sorry, under Lane Kiffin, they've lost games they probably shouldn't have lost at times too. He, he can coach himself out of a win because he tries to do too cute. I think he's doing less and less of that. He's learning to win ugly. Um, which, which I think is a big deal. Uh, but but I do think, is this one of those times where that sneaks up and, and, and bites him when he tries to do something and tries to, you know, do some razzle-dazzle, make a play, and it backfires? So that's that's always in the back of my mind with, with, with a game like this, too, is just, man, Hugh Freeze coach teams, they pop up and win a game they shouldn't, and, and, and Lane Kiffin can, can lose a game they shouldn't as well. The one thing I, I, I look at this game, I think it comes back down to quarterback play, you know, and in, in that case, you really like Ole Miss. Jackson Dart's playing about as well as anybody in the league, minus Jaden Daniels. I mean, he is really playing well. Obviously, the best running back in this game belongs to Ole Miss. But again, there's just something about this Auburn team. They just keep hanging around with teams. I mean, like, you know, unless they, as you know, long as they can kind of drag teams down into the mud a little bit, which is not how Hugh really wants to play long term, but it's how he's having to play this year. Um, you look on the other side of the conference, we go from the west to the east, South Carolina, fourth loss of the year last week, 41-39 to, to, to Florida, a tough loss at home. Now things don't get any easier. Now they go on the road to Missouri, um, a Missouri team that had a nice road win against Kentucky. Um, I think was it uh, Paul and I called that one last week. Yes, we did. Um, hey, you know. hey, I was looking good early. Then Wait. Then- then Kentucky Kentucky forgot to cover a fake punt, and, and the game flipped on its well, They thought you only played 12 minutes, and, not 48, much less 60. Who, who call, and, and I can't remember who it was, but somebody called Florida over South Carolina. Oh, it was you, yes. We know. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. This is true. You, st- you stole two last week, or you stole <laughs> one, I would say. I don't know about the – Hey, know, hey if you listen to last week's podcast, my whole reasoning was Florida's run game, and Graham Mertz goes bananas. <laughs> Well, and that's the problem that South Carolina has in this game. Yeah. Is, is when you look okay. at it, I mean, it's it, the second half against Georgia when Georgia said, hey, let's let let's let Carson Beck throw and see if he can complete some passes. I mean, he went for 250 in the second half against South Carolina. Will Rogers threw for a half a mile against South Carolina in, in that game over there uh, in Columbia where they got beat. I think they had a receiver go for like 240 or something oh. like that. Um Tennessee threw for 230 or some odd yards, and then Graham Mertz goes bananas for 400 yards last week. Now South Carolina with that secondary, after the head coach 
this was before he got the cast on. He ripped his defense, I think, but it may have been after the cast. I'm not sure. But Call I mean, the pressure, just run the pressure, Hubbard. I mean, you know, he 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 run in, you know, kind of run his kids over the drove run the bus over him, if you will. Now they're going to play a Missouri team that offensively is pretty pretty dang salty, pretty good. They can run it a little bit, and they're figuring out how to use those receivers up there that they got AP because they've got some pretty good receivers. They're they're a problem for South Carolina's defense. To put this in Blount County terms or Maryville terms, Shane Beamer went all Scott West after last week's game. Um, when 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 Scott you know broke his hand, I think you know in frustration. Um, but uh, you know, I, I think that this is a game you know South Carolina can absolutely hang around in, but you know I just think this could be a tough one for them to win. I, I just think you know they're just not very good outside of Rattler. And you're looking you're staring you're staring four and eight or five and seven square in square in the face. You know, you still yeah. gotta play Kentucky, you still gotta play Clemson, you gotta play Texas AM. The next two games they play at Missouri, then at Texas AM. And so like, you know, in theory they lose this week. They could be two and six, you know, or they're yeah, two and six with, with four to play. Nice. And they would have Clemson, Kentucky, and Jacksonville State, a very formidable Jacksonville, Rich Rod, guys. guys. Tough team. Tough team. Here's my question, Paul, about Missouri. Is Missouri ready for a moment like this? Their favorite, you know, people are talking about them contending in the East. They they had a a, a similar situation with LSU when they came to town. They couldn't finish that game off. Is Missouri ready to kind of meet expectations? That last week was a pick'em game. I mean, this one is Missouri supposed to win comfortably. Are they ready for a game like this? That's well, and, and if you go back, I mean, I watched some of that Mizzou Kentucky game. It it was not. I mean, the the, the score ended up pretty lopsided. Mizzou. I mean, you go back and look. I mean, they, they threw the ball well enough. They didn't run the ball great. Uh, K- Kentucky played them closer than it felt like, if, if that makes sense. It, it, it didn't seem like a well, it ended up being like a seventeen point game. Um, and, and I thought, you know, some of Kentucky's warts obviously showed up there as well. So I'll be interested to see, uh, you know, how does Spencer Rattler respond to? He's not playing poor. He's playing pretty good, um, and he's not getting a lot of help from the other side of the ball, as his coach let everyone in America know last week. Uh, and but. Can he keep up in this game? Because uh, I'm with you, Hubbard. I, I do think Mizzou has more weapons. Um, but, you know, another thought on this, too, this is the battle of two out of the three worst SEC towns. Uh, both Columbia's in the bottom three. Uh, so there is there, there needs to be some, like, garbage can trophy for this game, the battle of Columbia's. Why are you on the Palmetto State, Paul? Because we all just want to drive through to Charleston. Nobody <laughs> wants to stop in Columbia. Nobody cares. Let's, let's all be Remember real you honest here. Stop at rushes. You stop at rushes. That's the place right there. In, in, that's in, it. That's the mall exit. Paul will, Paul will be getting his letter from the Chamber of Commerce in Columbia, South Carolina in the coming days. I'm now, sure. Columbia, Missouri, I agree. I mean, like one of the grossest hooters you've ever been to. I mean, like it's just – I remember eating at Shakespeare's Pizza, and that was supposed to be like the spot. And it was like – I remember getting off of the plane deathly ill – Riding with you and Rob to the I uh, remember that. Place. Yes, you. Yeah, you were so trying to I couldn't, the whole I time. Shoot the game. I couldn't shoot the game. Sarah Mitchell had to shoot the game. Yes, poor little Sarah Mitchell out there, and you know it was like that game where it was like three. 
Yeah. So, and every I like the UT where, trainers. The UT trainers are giving me Pedialyte and all kinds of stuff. That was uh, uh, every time out there. It seems miserable. I don't know what it's flat. It's it is. If you drive, you pass by seventy three dead deer on the way there in <laughs> Illinois. No, nowhere. If you fly, it's impossible to get to unless you do what we Whose do. Whose idea was that? In between I, Kansas City and St. Louis, we'll just put the university right in the middle. Like, right, like it's like a half a mile difference between one. Yes. <laughs> right in the middle. It's awful. <laughs> to, all, to all those Vol fans traveling to Columbia, Missouri, are, are they playing them this year at Mizzou or is it at home? At Mizzou, buddy. Yeah, if, if you're looking for a game to go to, that's the one. It'll be a night affair, too. Hey, why not? Just stay in East St. Louis while you're there. Just stay in East St. Louis, drive over. It'll be awesome. What a great All right. Show. Moving on. Tennessee travels to Tuscaloosa for the third Saturday in October. They won this game for the first time in a long time last year, 52-49. It will not be 52-49 this year, yeah. but you know, it could be a really competitive football game. Yeah, I'm expecting it to be. I mean, outside of – uh, one game for Alabama uh, really this year. I mean, you know, U U USF, they only beat by 14 last week against Arkansas. They scraped by um, <clears throat> after Arkansas played really well. I I'm expecting this to be a four-quarter ball game uh, and, and Tennessee to be in it till the very end. Um, I think Milrow has done a better job. He's only has one turnover in the last three games, so he's not – He's not really playing as poorly as he did, I think, those first couple weeks and uh, against Texas. But, you know, he, he's doing a better job of playing within himself the last three weeks, I think. They're not asking him to do too much. Um, you know, Burton has uh, become a fantastic playmaker for Alabama as well. Uh, so they're trying to figure out – or they're starting to figure out who they are offensively. They're not the same team they've been for the last, what, six, eight years where they put now, here's up – Here's how much the jersey. Look at that. <laughs> for the last what uh you know they, they put up 45 points a game they're 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 a team where they gotta they gotta score what 28 27 28 30 points and their defense do enough to to help them win so um not the alabama of old but still a very good football team but definitely brent i think one where alabama or for tennessee excuse me should be in this game all 60 minutes or they have the they have the the capability to be in this game until the end yeah, I mean, it goes back to the line of scrimmage for me in this game. I mean, can Tennessee get home with four and pressure uh, Milrow where they can play some some mixed coverages on the back end and try to try to you know bait him and confuse him into some stuff, or do they get caught in man to man and and they get it thrown over their head? Um, a and M chose to play a bunch of man to man, and he made them pay in the second half after not being able to make them pay in the first half. Uh, Arkansas, I mean. Heck, the first touchdown Alabama scored was just a bust. I mean, they just completely busted a coverage, and it was a layup for for, for Jalen Milrow. Th this is the best deep-throwing quarterback Tennessee's played this year. Um, so can Tennessee cover in the back end? Um, and can they get home and not allow him to, to have extra time to for a receiver to get more, more vertically downfield? And then conversely, we all assume now – Okay, that that Tennessee is just going to be able to line it up and run it against everybody, right? Uh, after what they did to Texas A&M's defensive front, which was supposed to be the best in the league, um, this is the best set of linebackers Tennessee's faced. Austin, can, can Tennessee's offensive line can they get those double teams squared up on the linebackers to create those creases uh, in the run game like they have the last couple of weeks? Uh, I think that's a challenge because I don't think this is the best Alabama front. I think they're I think they're solid. But their linebackers are really good. Tennessee's going to have to find a way to climb to the second level with that offensive line. 
Yeah, and, and, you know, I think ultimately what helps the running game the most is if the passing game can just improve some. It doesn't have to be 350 yards. it just got to be not 100 yards. It's got to be able to help them stay on schedule. Yeah, I mean, I just think that, that that will pay huge dividends in this game if Tennessee can throw it a little bit more than they threw it last week um, in, in the football game. I, I just think that this is going to be one of those touch-and-go games where you're going to have to convert several third and six, third and sevens, on both sides, and who does it the best, you know, could determine who wins the football game. I think, too, and I know you guys have talked about it this week, the, the, the penalties have to be a huge concern. I mean, the, the – you Both teams. Both yeah, teams. yeah, both teams. I mean, Alabama's in the – I think they're like 97th in the country. Tennessee's 119th. But it's not just the pre-snap stuff for me. I mean, Tennessee had a lot of – Stupid, dumb penalties. I mean, the holding calls. I mean, they've got to they've got to play a cleaner ball game away from home, where frankly, you're already going to give up a couple pre snaps. You already know, right? You're going to be behind the chains. How fast they want to play the atmosphere at Alabama. What it, what you know? You look back at your history at Georgia last year, at Florida this year. You haven't solved those communication issues. Now, you know, maybe Cooper Mays helps you out there, but you know, he played against. Georgia last year, so that's that's my worry. Is can you can you have a, a cleaner game and not have nine, ten, eleven penalties? Because if you do, you're not going to beat Alabama. I just I don't think you're going to go down there and do it. Maybe you could pull it off at home, but not at Alabama. Yeah, I agree, I agree, Paul. And 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 I think the magnet the, the penalties are of greater magnitude this year than they were even last year. I mean, Georgia beat you because Georgia was just better. You could have played a clean football game down there, and I think you probably would still lose to Georgia because Georgia was you know, by far the best team sure. in the country last year. But I think last year you could overcome an offensive mm-hmm. hold or an offensive pass interference penalty because you were scoring from 70 yards out all over the place. Yep. This is about staying on schedule more for this offense because you have to drive the ball more than you did a year ago. So last year, first and 20 was like, okay, well, we got to get 10 more yards. This year, first and 20 is like, oh, my, you know. 20 yards in three plays could be hard, is a lot harder to do. Big deal, yeah. I think it's the st- – I mean, the penalties are more of a killer this year because of where you are offensively right now uh, because I don't think this passing game is suddenly going to just take the top off of it like you had a year ago. Everybody- I was going to say that's why I think, too, Milton helping them stay on schedule. He can't have one of those runs where he goes one and nine or one and eight right. be- because now uh, it, you don't have to hit – you know, your run game's so good, you don't have to hit the 40, 50 yards, but you got to get the six. You, you got to go from from maybe it was second and eight and hit the six-yard hitch or the the, the, the the seven-yard out to make it third and one, third and two, and you can't be stuck in third and eight all game. That's that's where I think, too, the, the penalties and staying on schedule in the pass game are, are going to be huge. Yeah, to put this in golf terms because we all know I love to do that, this is a long par four. If Tennessee's passing game doesn't get going, it's like not ha- being able to take your driver on a long par four. You're going to get three wood off the tee, and it becomes the hole becomes a lot longer. So making par on it is that much more of a challenge. So I mean, you, know, you just described my golf game. Thanks, Hubbard. Have you ever seen AP's pictures from the Masters? Did you know he played in Augusta? I heard that he played Augusta. I Did you know he played in Augusta? I heard, I heard that there's some video footage of it too. There's probably there is. Is. <laughs> I, I'm gonna send it to Megan. She'll pop it up on next. Please, week. yes. Yeah. 
<laughs> all right, Paulie, tell us what's all going on at Wyatt Insurance Services. You know, we're, we're getting geared up. A lot of our clients have uh, one, one renewal dates. So that's a big day in the insurance world. And, and maybe some business owners kind of grumble at that date because that's the day that their insurance renews. But we, we try and make that a really easy process for, for our clients and we get our renewals out um, as early as possible and tell them what's going on in the market and how it's affecting uh, their premium. So we're also talking to new clients right now for for the for the one one to how do we best um, serve them and strategically set up their account. So yeah, if, if you're a one one renewal date for your um, property and casualty business insurance, we'd love to to talk to you at 865-862-3997 or just email me Paul at wyattinsurance.com. Give Paulie a call today. Get those inside stories on one Rob Lewis when you sign up with Wyatt Insurance Service Group. So let's take a look at the standings. Paulie has distanced himself a little bit. Now a two-game lead. Austin and Brent are tied at 56 and 11, and Paul's out there at 58 and 9. Not that many games this week. Only five games to pick from in the conference. Brent and I will pick from four of them today. We'll put our Tennessee and Alabama predictions in the picks on Friday. But let's take a look at the – Four conference games we will pick right here. And, um, you know, it, I don't know how much change we're going to have here. Ooh, ooh, AP going with the Reverend, baby, going with the Reverend. Yeah, I thought that y'all would both go with Ole Miss. It's probably the smart pick, but, you know. I, I don't know. It's a lot man. more fun when we have differences of opinion. And I just didn't feel like I could differ on I was not taking South Carolina. I was sure wasn't taking Mississippi State. And I wasn't taking Army. So if I was going out on a limb, it was going to be with the home team, Auburn. That's not a bad pick. I, I wouldn't have blamed anybody for taking South Carolina either. I, you know, Brent mentioned earlier about is this when they kind of step up and answer the bell? Because it's it's one thing to do it once against Kentucky, but to go back to back against another team that can really throw the football. I'll be interested in that game. Um, Army at LSU, um, you know. Thank you, Army. But yeah, that's Jaden Daniels going to throw for 400 yards in the first half or something. Yeah, Mississippi I mean, State and Arkansas. Nobody thinks that'll be close. You might think. Uh, that I think it could be close. I just figure Arkansas. I mean, you know, they really go lose six in a row. Well, and here's the thing: is I mean, what's Will Rogers? Where's he at? What are they going to do there? Um, I mean, that's a salty Mississippi State team. On, on you know, they've at times. They've been much better at home than they have been on the road. They haven't played very well at, at on the road. Um, I just, I, I, you know, that's a desperate Arkansas team finally back at home. I just think that this is a this is a, a must get for them. I, I think this is a game where Jefferson runs it more than he normally does. I mean, mm-hmm. it's kind of by any just figure a way, just just find a way any way you can because you desperately need to win. Here's where I am on Arkansas and Auburn. I sent Megan so many revised picks on this one. I think I changed my mind like four times after I sent her my initially pick, initial pick. I really don't know where I landed, so I'm landing at Ole Miss. And I'm okay with that. Megan didn't do anything wrong. But I was literally waffling back and forth on all this. Um, I just think Ole Miss – I think Ole Miss scores enough that Auburn can't keep up. That's right. Um, it, it is where I think Ole Miss wins this game. But I'm going to tell you right now – if they if they're slow out of the gate and that place gets gets wound up there, to your point, Paul Lane will do some goofy stuff and and will start messing around and taking weird chances and put themselves behind the eight ball there. So I am not comfortable 
with the Ole Miss pick. I'm not against it, but I'm not exactly confident that that one's going to happen. No, Hubbard, you're right. He, if 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 things are tight, late second quarter, it's fourth and four at their own forty-two. That's forty-two at the fourteen. <laughs> He'll go for it, and then it, you know, Auburn only has to, you know, go twenty yeah. yards, pick up three extra points or something. I mean, that's that's the that's the stuff that scares you when you pick Ole Miss is what what lane are you going to get? And I do think he's, you know, it seems he's flushed a little bit out of that, but I, I don't know. He's, one play could just get him back into it and you feel like he's smarter than everybody again. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I that is a true pick game there. And if South Carolina's secondary had a pulse, I might give them a chance. But I just, I just think their secondary play is so, so rough right now when you look at the yards they've given up. It's hard for me to see them stopping Missouri, and I don't know that South Carolina can keep pace scoring-wise with Missouri, but, you know, particularly on the road, but we'll see. All right, now let's get to what everybody came to see, which is Paul's pick for Tennessee and Alabama. Uh-oh. Ollie, who are you going with, pal? I get a little heat for this. <laughs> Reluctantly choosing the tide. Reluctantly choosing the tide. I just <clears> – <throat> if last week was a step in the right direction of the program – uh, Brent, you said it that way. I, I think that's the exact right way to say it. This would be an even bigger step. You're not a perfect team. Thank you. You're, 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 you're going into a very hostile environment that I, I think their offense, their offense is clicking just a little bit more. Their quarterback's playing a little bit better than your quarterback. I think, you know, Jalen Wright's going to have to have another big game. And to do that two weeks in a row against these two fronts, and Brent, you mentioned it, the backers at Alabama, I think that's going to be tough. Um but man, if they do that, that's that's a huge step in the right direction. Doing it at home is one big thing, like they did last year. And all credit needs to go to that team last year; they were tremendous. But doing it on the road is just a totally big different step. And I don't know that Tennessee has the personnel to go down there and do it this year. I'll say this: it's the first time in a long time that you've gone down there. That this Tennessee team has gone down there, Austin, and it's not about well, how bad is this going to be. Or what? Or what does it take to pull off a miracle? Yeah, exactly. And that's not the vibe in this one. As you know, this is Alabama can be pedestrian. Tennessee obviously has been. Both defenses are good. It's got a real old school feel to it. Alabama's probably a little more comfortable in that style of game than Tennessee is. But Tennessee took a step in the right direction with that last week. Kicking game turnovers. You know, crucial penalties. Who's going to make a third down conversion with their legs at the quarterback position? This is that type of game. It's one or two of those type plays that are the difference in this game, in my opinion. Yeah, I think I think I expect it to be a, a battle. I don't expect Alabama to win by double digits at all. I think this will be a, a really good, close, contested ball game. Hey, so most belief for a Tennessee team since 2015, maybe? I was trying to think about that earlier. I think there's, going more, into it. there's more belief than that than that game. No, that no, game. no. But since yeah. when, no? Uh, I mean, I would say. Like former days, you go back that far, or Kiffin's year when they went down there. Yeah, oh, I mean, I would either go. They, I mean, they were they were a, a nearly three touchdown, two touchdown dog going down there when when Kiffin yeah. went. I mean, I would go Phillip. I mean, fifteen. I mean, you had two true two true freshmen out there starting the offensive line. Yeah, and, I forget about that. I mean, but they had played well up to that point in fifteen too, and you just lost it at, at Oklahoma. In Probably two thousand five or seven for me. Hmm. And that's when you knew you. That's when you expected to beat Alabama at Alabama. Holly with the ultimate hill turn takes the Crimson Tide over Tennessee. 
I hope I'm wrong. And Paul, since you asked for it, I thought I'd deliver. Megan, roll the footage. No way. No way. No way. Please let us see it. There it is, baby. Look at that shot. Does it land on the green, AP? Oh, yeah. I hit it to 10 feet above the hole. It's a Sunday pin on Monday I after, can, after I the tournament. And I didn't walk down to, to Ray's Creek to look at it from that side. And I didn't realize how downhill it was. And I ran it like eight feet by. If you, now, if luckily, I'm You can hear the cheers. You can hear the claps if you're quiet. Do you hear them? We we really have, we really have no idea where the ball landed. We're just going to assume it was ten. Now, I've got I've got picture evidence of where. We it don't lies. need any more pictures. We don't my need. worst Augusta experience is my only near Augusta Augusta experience. I got I asked to go on a Sunday to Augusta, and it would have been my first time to go. And then something happened, and uh, at the last minute, I, I just had to bail. We we couldn't make it work with kids and everything. And it was the Sunday that Tiger won his last Masters. Oh, Paulie. Brutal. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. So still looking to, uh, if anybody wants to take me this year, maybe it's another memorable year. You know uh, my phone number, my email address. Just let me know. Somebody offered, somebody offered Paul tickets to the game Saturday, and then he'll bail on it right before to see if he can recreate the same type mojo for the Vols. I to, hey, I actually don't mind Tuscaloosa. Tuscaloosa since 2003. Paul was in college at the time, maybe even high school. Actually, I think it was high school. He is Paul Fornberry and Brent Hubs, who's much older than Paul and I. I'm Austin Price. The Ball with the Beast podcast will be back next week, presented by our good friends at Wyatt Insurance Services.